Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The theme of this year's Lenten programming, or the program for the church, is Acts of Mercy. So throughout the season of Lent, if you come to Wednesday Eucharist or Wednesday night Evensong, Sunday morning, the sermon will revolve around this idea of acts of mercy. But before we can sort of talk about acts of mercy, I figured it would probably be helpful to define exactly what mercy is so we're all on the same page. So this morning, I'm going to spend some time talking about exactly what mercy is. And as I was thinking about mercy and what mercy actually is, I thought to myself in thinking back through my memory about the first time I ever used the word mercy. And I had to think back really hard, but I remembered it clearly. It was in Dalton, Georgia, when I was probably in second, first or second grade. It's when I first used the word mercy. I lived in a neighborhood in Dalton, and there were a bunch of boys that all ran around together, and we played as all boys do We got bored, as all boys do, and we happened upon four or five pairs of boxing gloves one day, and so we decided, instead of playing war or whatever we were playing, to have a boxing tournament, and so we boxed each other, and for the most part, the little boys, we just wore one another out. We didn't inflict injury or pain on each other. That was until John Howard's older brother decided to join us. He was in fourth or fifth grade. and I drew the sh- short straw and I had to, to box John Howard's older brother first. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> the match itself lasted about an, a minute before I was on the ground with uh, John Howard's brother on top of me, pummeling me. My no- I remember my nose bleeding, water in my eyes. It was hurt. So I cried out, uncle. That didn't work. I cried out, mercy. Mercy, have mercy on me. John Howard's brother stopped. So that was my introduction to mercy. Now, I didn't learn the word mercy from Father Don Kramer, uh, cherished memory of my youth. I didn't learn it from the service, saying, Lord, have mercy in the service. I didn't really know what that meant. What I'd learned from that, where I learned the word mercy was, one, I'd learned it from Terry Bradshaw in the Pittsburgh Steelers, having mercy on other teams in their heyday. I'd learned it from old war movies and gladiator movies where the generals would have mercy on the other, on the enemy. So that was really my first formative memory of mercy. Now, I did go to church every Sunday, and we used the word mercy every Sunday, but I never really thought about what it meant. When I thought about what it meant, it was those contexts where I learned the word. But are those really mercy? Is it really merciful when John Howard's older brother begin or stops pummeling you? Is it really mercy when the Pittsburgh Steelers lighten up on their opponents? Is it really mercy when one team warded, when two teams or two sides engage in battle and one slacks up some? Is that what mercy is? Not necessarily in the Christian context, so I figured I would carry my sermon a little farther past my memory of John Howard's older brother. Mercy, as the church defines it, it's a virtue. And a virtue is a habit. It's something we do. It's something that becomes a part of what we are. So mercy is a virtue, a habit. 
that influences one's will. It affects our willpower, the way we are. It becomes ingrained in us to have compassion. It's a virtue of the will where we have compassion. Compassion, in its one sense, means to share bread. It means to have a love for, to have a passion for, attention for someone else. A virtue influencing one's will to have compassion for, and if possible, to alleviate the misfortune of another. So, mercy is an act of the will, a choice we make, where if possible, we alleviate another's misfortune. Virtue is also seen as sensing misery in another person and doing something about it. To sense misery and misfortune in the life of another and do something about it. Particularly when it is involuntary. When that person did not put themselves in that situation to begin with. That is mercy. Now, the things I will cover over the next weeks are what the church considers major and necessary merciful acts. Or, if you grew up like me, the acts of mercy, corporal and spiritual. There are the corporal works of mercy. To feed the hungry. To give drink to the thirsty. To shelter the homeless. To clothe the naked. To visit the prisoner. To visit the sick. To bury the dead. Then there, those are corporal because they're physical acts where we alleviate the suffering of another through material and physical means. Then there are spiritual works. Instruct the ignorant, give counsel to the doubtful, admonish the sinner, bear wrongs patiently, forgive others' offenses willingly, comfort the afflicted, pray for the living and the dead. The spiritual works of mercy, things we do through our intellect. We'll be covering those, so I won't delve into those today, but those are the major and necessary works of mercy. There are a thousand others, a million others. When we approach the virtue of mercy, we must come from this, from a place where we ourselves understand it. So we show mercy because we are shown mercy. That's the whole premise of these necessary major acts. God shows us mercy, we show others. Now in our liturgy today, you might have noticed that we've prayed for mercy um, I think that would be almost 18 times so far, right? Through the Decalogue, Lord have mercy upon us, and then all the Lord have mercies. You might be wondering why in the world are we praying for mercy almost 20 times? That's because the church has a good sense of why it is, or our need for mercy rather. The church has a good sense of our need for mercy. So before we start thinking about being merciful to others, we must remember how God is merciful to us and be aware of our own need of God's mercy. God saves us through our baptism and through faith. God saves us through his grace in our prayers, in our times of need, in our own times of misery and misfortune. In our times of misery and misfortune, which is our spiritual state on the earth. God gives us grace and salvation in the Holy Communion every Sunday. We are shown mercy day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour, week after week, year after year. 
as we lie and live in our own misfortune and misery, it is God who constantly reaches out to us. We deserve none of it, right? The scriptures say. But God continually reaches out to us in life of prayer, in life of sacraments, reaches out to us and shows us mercy and love. Even though we ignore God and we let God down, even though the practice of our religion might not be the highest priority, God never gives up on us, continually offering us love and forgiveness, continually offering us mercy. And so we, when we come here, we put ourselves in that state where we ask for God's mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. We recognize very clearly in the liturgy that we are not God. Rather, we are in need of God's mercy. So Lent especially calls us to be merciful to others as God is merciful to us. We must do the same. Just as we come here Sunday after Sunday and beg for mercy and realize that we are not God and that God shows mercy on us, we must realize that we are Christian and be merciful to others. So during Lent, I think it's very important for us all to think about ways to have compassion on others in our own context. We don't have a huge prison here or something like that. How, what are the ways in our everyday lives we as individuals can have compassion for others, can be merciful to others, where we live, where we work? How can we alleviate misery and misfortune in the lives of others through our efforts, through our resources, through who we are as a people? That is what we must think about this Lent. That is what I'm challenging us to do this Lent. For to be merciful is central to the Christian life. To be merciful is central to our salvation. It is the way to holiness. It is more than just a habit. It is more than just an act. When we are merciful, we participate in the life of God. When we are merciful, God participates in our life. When we are merciful... Our life and God's life is intertwined, interjoined. We do the work of God. We live the life of God. It is extremely important that we live lives of mercy. I desire mercy and not sacrifice is what Jesus says. I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Mercy. Alleviating the misfortune and misery of another very important that we think about these things. So I commend this to you and I bid you to spend Lent learning what it means to be merciful. Look at your life and what God has done for you. Pay attention to the liturgy when we come here and we ask for mercy, when we recognize that we are not God, but we are dependent upon God. And we ask God for mercy to alleviate our own misery, our own suffering, our own misfortune. We will know what mercy is because we have received it. And if you come to this place, you will know what mercy is because you will have received it. Mercy is more than John Howard quitting a beating. Mercy is being holy. Mercy is participating in the life of God. So my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, this day and this Lent, let us commit ourselves to lives lived in mercy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.